podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you see them inside, it's probably too late. Termites, that is. Notorious timber tooth Ted and his swarm of outlaws are always on the trail to the next meal, which might just be your house. But these home wreckers are no match for Terminex. With quick draw expertise and specialized training guaranteed to protect your home. That's been the truth around here for 75 years, and it ain't gonna change. Visit TrustTerminex.com to keep these pesky outlaws dead or outside. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power, whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks! This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again. Rational perspective on Chelsea's 2-0 defeat to Aston Villa last night at Stamford Bridge. A loss that means that Chelsea are now in the bottom half of the Premier League table. An atrocious result and have a miserable night following Chelsea this season. There have been many. It may not have even been the worst this season, but I do wonder, and this is the question I'm going to pose to you guys, and, and knowing how football works and looking anxiously at the Chelsea Twitter account, which hasn't posted for like 12 or 13 hours at the time of recording, you do wonder, could the end be near for Graham Potter? I know we've said this before with the Southampton game, which felt like a natural end point if you were going to make a change, the Spurs game. But on two factors, I think this could be defining for Graham Potter and why maybe the conclusion will be different this time compared to when he was given faith and patience to try and rectify things. Uh, at the beginning of March. I'm going to get into what those two things are. If you are new around here, want to see more Chelsea content, hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads posted on the channel. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Where do we start with that mess? I think the best place to start is just the approach, which was just bizarre. Uh, particularly from a defensive point of view, and that's where so much went wrong for Chelsea last night, particularly focusing in on the first goal, the first half, where Ollie Watkins, who has had you know, a good run of form, an incredible run of form, really, in terms of goal scoring away from home for Aston Villa, the fact that he has two one-on-ones with Kepa in the first half is just, it's just ridiculous. And seeing that team lineup and seeing a back three that only contained one natural centre-back. Someone asked me on Twitter after the game, is this something Potter does regularly? To be honest, even with his experimentation, he hasn't really been doing that. You know, at least even when Motka Correa does play in the back three, there is at least two natural centre-backs in there, whether that's Silver and Koulibaly, whether that has been Aspilicueta and Silver. In recent weeks, when Kukurea has been in the back three, it's been Koulibaly in the centre and Wesley Fofana on the right side. I have absolutely no idea where Trevor Chalaber is. Apparently, he was in training on Friday and apparently, you know, it seemed like he was in contention to start. Of course, you can bring up Benoit Badiashile, who has kind of fallen off the radar in recent weeks, which is a little bit... Strange. I know Marco Carrera has had some decent performances, but I think Benoit Badiashile has, you know, I think has had a really good start to his Chelsea career. And again, you know, I, I just wonder 
when looking at Graham Potter's approach, you're, you're scratching your head when you're looking at a situation where, sure, you don't have Fafana available, but it's not like you don't have anyone else. I mean, that back three looks like a back three we would play when we were in an injury crisis, when you had literally most of your centre-backs out. That wasn't what Graham Potter had. You know my deep frustrations, because I criticised Thomas Tuchel for it. I just, I hate seeing Reese James in the back three. I'm not, I know people will bring up that he had a really good performance. And, and to be fair, most of the time, I think last night was a rare exception when Reese has played in that role and actually hasn't impacted things very positively. And sure, when he came up against Vinicius Jr., as we may do when we play Real Madrid in a couple of weeks' time, we'll do the same approach there. I just don't like it. I don't. I think it limits one of our biggest creative threats. And when you see the ball played out to Ruben Loftus-Cheek at right wing back so often, and we were crossing so many balls that weren't reaching anyone, the quality of crossing from Ruben wasn't good enough. wasn't good enough to break down or, or test a a physically dominant, you know, Aston Villa backline who were structurally quite good last night. It, it just makes no sense. It limits your game, and I think it's it's such a regressive way of looking at Reese James and it's such an old school Chelsea way of looking at a player rather than thinking how can we use this player to undermine the opposition and hurt the opposition in a progressive way we think how can we use this player to stop the opposition Reese for all his defensive um, acumen and you know brilliance and how good he can be against certain elite attackers when you're at home against Aston Villa in a game, Chelsea, as there have been many in recent weeks, and he's fit and he's ready to play, I have absolutely no clue why you aren't utilising both Ben Chirwell and Rhys James as wing-backs. It's just complete, completely baffling. It was baffling when Tuchel did it, and I think it hurt our game. It's even more baffling with Graham Potter because he isn't getting the results like Tuchel did. And, you know, I, I just... I. I don't think many other top clubs would use Reese in this way. I re- I doubt that many others would continually put him in a role that limits his best creative attributes. I just think it's it's a nonsensical way of looking at what is such a extraordinary talent at our hands, and and we just don't. We, I think we limit ourselves, and I think you saw that last night. I think we shot ourselves in the foot. You lack the defensive balance because you've only got one natural centre back in Kaladu Kulabali, who isn't the fastest, isn't having a great season, and has had moments of of you know either inaccuracy or kind of um indecisiveness this season so to have not the legs around him i think to really cover just it just it, it didn't look right it looked bizarre it looked like a pre-season team and for this stage of the season that makes little sense you know the rest of the team you, you i don't think you can have much complaints i mean enzo fernandez Mateo Kovacic has been the double six you know N'Golo Kante was always going to come off the bench you don't want to just throw him into a start right away he has he hasn't played football for like seven months that that makes sense um Mikhailo Mudrik people have been calling for Mikhailo Mudrik to play a little bit more he got his start here Joao Felix obviously was going to start Kai Havertz too a lot of the rest of the team I can't sit here and go what was he doing because those are the majority of the rest of the team was, was players he has been using in recent weeks but again, it was it was um, the first goal, sort of just a complete mess with uh, Mark Kukurea, Kaladu Koulibaly, just a lack of communication, and Kepper is in no man's land, and Oli Watkins finishes well. I just felt that one of the things that really concerned me is that half went on short. Chelsea had chances. But the bizarre thing at the end of the game to me was, despite all of the shots and people can bring up the XG, which I do think is important, you don't want to sort of say it's irrelevant, and Chelsea did have some clear-cut opportunities, absolutely Mikhailo Mudrik in the first half. I felt there were opportunities where, say, Joao Felix made bad decisions. I think there was one in the first half where 
he he should have been playing a pass to either Kai Havertz and I think Mudrik. It was it was we we sort of hit Villa on a break and um, just indecisiveness. So there was a lack of you know conviction at, at the, in the final third again. No surprise there from Chelsea. But even with that dominance, I still think Villa deserved to win the game. And the reason I say that is because they looked like a more cohesive team. They looked like a team who were much more effective on the ball when they got into dangerous areas. And I just, you know, there's a sense of confusion about Chelsea once again. And it, it's it's so frustrating and just baffling that, you know, you look at Chelsea, you look at the slight improvement that we did have. We had a really good performance against Dortmund. And I don't want people going back and rewriting what were objectively good performances in recent weeks. The problem is for Graham Potter, they haven't sustained themselves. The results haven't sustained. They haven't been consistent enough. And that's why I get to... Hosting a get-together this fall? A dinner party, maybe? Or even a game night? Well, don't do it without Drizzly, your go-to app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered right to your door. It's basically the ultimate hosting hack. But don't tell that to the gamers. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine. Delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks! This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. To the point where I think that this could be the end game for Graham Potter as Chelsea head coach because he was given a very rare chance in, in terms of Chelsea history and recent Chelsea history to rectify a really, really poor run that many other coaches wouldn't have been given. And he gets through that. You know, we beat Leeds. Mainly we beat Dortmund to keep the season alive and then beat Leicester. I think the Everton performance had a lot more positives than negatives, but it's a bad result. And then you go into this game and it's a regression once again. And I think a lot of people feel as they did maybe post Southampton and Spurs, which is a position that Graham Potter couldn't afford to be at. So on one, I think that's one factor is that the board will look at this and go, we've given this guy of time. We've given this guy weeks to try and resolve things. But we, we see once again a regression back to where we were at the start of February, which then questions, was it right to stick with him? The second part is you do have an elite coach or a potentially elite coach available or someone who could step into this role with big club experience now at a higher level in Julian Negglesman that might be enticing. You know, you have people on our board or sorry, in our sort of football recruitment think tank, I guess you'd call it like Christopher Weibel, who knows Negglesman, who I think would be advocating for someone like Negglesman, who you know, has worked now in an elite environment in Bayern Munich and could be snapped up by an, an elite or, or, or good-sized club, particularly Tottenham, I'm sure, would be trying to get him in the summer. And looking at where Chelsea are, looking also at what Nagelsmann did with RB Leipzig. I mean, RB Leipzig are not a small club. They're not a club operating at a, you know, relegation-surviving level. They are a team that compete in the Champions League regularly. Nagelsmann got them to a Champions League semi-final, something they haven't done since. Um, so this was a guy who, who also created a very effective team and has played and has coached some very good players. And uh, with Christopher and Kunku coming in, there are reasons why you'd go for Nagelsmann. And I've said on the channel before, I like him as a head coach. I really do. And maybe could work in this 
higher intensity environment a little bit better, even with the way it ended at Bayern. I think the stats still show you that he created a good team at Bayern Munich and was creating a team that maybe could have beaten Man City over two legs. We won't know that. We will know that, obviously, through Thomas Tuchel. But I think for Nagelsmann, he did still a pretty decent job at Bayern Munich. So that surely is going to come into the thinking. And now we're hearing that there are discussions taking place. And given the factor of going to Bayern Munich, this was always the risk. I said this when, you know, he, he was sacked in September. I said, you know, it is a risk. You are you are making a massive leap of faith here. And at the time, I felt that, you know, clearly it had gone, you know, the, the relationship had broken down. What's the point in continuing relationship if either side... I think there's a, you know, the one thing I will say about this is you could say that both sides are wrong. I think at the moment, there are many people who are going to latch onto the thing that Chelsea's hierarchy made a really, really dumb decision. I think you're entitled to think that. Um, I, I don't think it's as simple as saying that Tuchel did absolutely nothing wrong, as I'm sure he wants to pay it paint it himself but you look at the reality of where Chelsea have been you look at the lack of results we've had on the Graham Potter you look at the lack of improvement and just on a very basic level it's easy and I think it's understandable for people to look as a supporter at kind of the joy watching Chelsea and say what have we got for the value we or the money we invested what value have we got out of Graham Potter and it's not to say you give him absolutely no time but I said this as well it's not just um unlimited patience with no signs of improvement and it's just you give a guy patience no matter what and and there's no signs of improvement and you just keep losing you keep on getting lower and lower on the table there's such a lack of 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 sign of Chelsea clicking as a team of certain connections within the team and also when you're a coach and you have now a more full deck to play with you know there aren't the injury problems that we had earlier in the season that Graham Potter had to contend with and had to deal with that meant he had to rotate pretty frequently now he has had a a pretty good set of players to work with and still we are seeing him rotate when I don't think he needs to putting players in weird positions you know whoever is the Chelsea head coach and maybe Graham Potter could change this himself I I just I'm not the biggest fan of inside forwards I'm really not I think if you buy wide players I think we should be playing players in their more natural roles which is playing them out wide um I have always said I do like a back four system but I can understand with the current problems we've had why you would move to a back three but particularly the width in the team I just it annoys me it frustrates me that when you've got a McCallum Mudrick it does feel like he maybe isn't playing his more natural role when you have invested in those players you know and also Reese James I'll bring this up again I just I, I I'm sick and tired of seeing him be used as a right center back when you do have adequate I think adequate to brilliant cover at times in Trevor Chalabar to play in that role um, which is just bizarre and it's confusing and when coaches do that not only are you looking at results performances but when you see decision making like that that just makes little sense and you're seeing little impacts for that questionable decision making at the start you know you leave you leave thinking that you know is it worth making a change now um, the only thing keeping him in the role is the Real Madrid game um, in ter- if you're just saying you know what's there left to play for but I, I said and I, I wrote something for Football London um, before the weekend about Chelsea that you know he needs to Grandpa always he couldn't just it wasn't like he won the Dortmund game and now he's going to get the summer. He needed to make sure that by the time we get to the end of the season, there is enough evidence that he can extract things from these players. That people still, even if they are critical and doubtful of Graham Potter, because I think it's unlikely he wins the Champions League, at least there is enough, maybe a few big wins 
um, a little bit more consistency and product to make people think, okay, if we give this a pre-season, that's understandable and hopefully things will click if we trim down the squad a bit more. But it's very, very hard to see that because it gets more and more painful and it's it, the, the moon inside Stamford Bridge. And I think what's more dangerous than anger, which we've been through, is apathy and just disinterest. Apparently, half of the ground was empty. I wasn't at Stamford Bridge last night, but apparently half of the ground was empty by the time the full-time whistle blew. That is... Um, more dangerous and I think more impactful to the ownership if they see people just zone out and just get disconnected and start doing other things at weekends because that in itself you know for the investment Chelsea's new ownership put in they want to make Chelsea a really really profitable club and for the ego for the um, the esteem of having one of the biggest clubs in, in world football you know you need to have an engaged fan base and that's something that with the current results you are not seeing and you are seeing people get more and more disconnected so big questions loom again for graham potter and it's not just about one result i think you know it's not just me saying off the back of one result this it's a pattern and i think for graham potter when he got into that southampton position or sorry the spurs position maybe i think it's always difficult for a coach particularly at this level because you are kind of now at a stage where it becomes a referendum on you consistently and you aren't allowed many more slip-ups and i feel that maybe we've reached that stage let me know your thoughts um Liverpool on Tuesday, great fun. Uh, but at least this WrestleMania weekend, so I'm enjoying that to kind of keep my mind off how just horrible Chelsea are this season. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea, and I will see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.